It is official. Millions of student loan borrowers won't have to make payments on their debts through the end of the year, according to the Department of Education. But yes, there is a catch. It is Monday, August 31st. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you one last time from Stowe, Vermont, before I get the heck out of here, I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Monday News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords. You hold the key with NordPass. Store your passwords in the cloud. Assess them on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. You will get 60% off and a 30-day money-back guarantee by using our link, nordpass.com forward slash mwf that's nordpass.com forward slash mwf bobby we're talking student loans some good news for people that are looking for more relief Yes, it is good news, but it's not as, as is often the case, it is not as simple as it sounds in the headline. Yeah, it could be a little ugly. Mm. Let's dive into it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Julian from Rich and Regular. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, Let's do this. All right. Today's piece comes to us from MarketWatch. It's written by Jillian Berman. Student loan borrowers can skip payments until 2021, but that may not be long enough. It's official. Millions of student loan borrowers won't have to make payments on their debts through the end of this year, the Department of Education clarified last week. But the extra few months of student loan relief likely isn't enough to mitigate the economic devastation borrowers are experiencing. And the timing of the resumption of payments could still create administrative headaches for borrowers. We're still just kicking the can down the road, said Persis Yu, the director of the Student Loan Borrower Assistance Project at the National Consumer Law Center. What we were really hoping for was a long-term solution that would both stop the hemorrhaging and then allow people to recover. The Department of Education's announcement comes as negotiations on other coronavirus stimulus package remain stalled in Washington. Earlier this month, President Donald Trump announced that he would be pausing student loan payments until the end of the year, but questions about the details remained. Bobby? The department's announcement Friday clarified that essentially the pause on student loan payments and collections passed by Congress as part of the CARES Act in March, which was set to expire on September 30th, roughly one month before the presidential election, will instead continue until December 31st. Like the CARES Act, this latest payment pause only applies to borrowers with federally held student loans. That means at least roughly 165 billion dollars in federal student loans are ineligible for the payment pause, according to Mark Kantrowitz, the publisher of savingforcollege.com. Borrowers with these types of loans are, quote, still left out. You know, however, putting them in danger of falling off a financial cliff, she said. Still, two key questions voiced by advocates when Trump announced the payment pause appear to have been answered by last week's announcements. Ben Miller, Vice President of Post-Secondary Education at the Center of American for American Progress, a left-leaning think tank, said he was pleased to see what appears to be the pause payments will count as part of the 120 monthly payments needed to qualify for public student loan forgiveness. That's often referred to as PSLF. And that borrowers who have defaulted on their student loans 
won't be subject to collections during the pause period. The department's announcement notes that borrowers whose wages are garnished over their defaulted debts during this period will receive refunds. The agency has faced challenges implementing the provisions of the CARES Act related to defaulted borrowers. And um, just to summarize a little bit, about 20 to, up to 22,000 borrowers who've already had their wages seized didn't have a valid address on file. According to documents filed, there was a lawsuit. It's just been kind of a mess. Um, but overall, they're saying that even the end of year deadline is murky because Miller says, I would be shocked if the economy was in much better shape by the end of the year, such that you wouldn't want to keep pausing anyway. So, and there's talks about the administrative challenges going on and the holiday season and all the tax filing makes it, it just makes it really complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. And I want to start with this, uh, 22, these 22,000 people that don't have, uh, uh, the correct address on file. You know, I, obviously there's, I'm sure there's some extenuating circumstances for many of these people. There might be people that don't, have, um, uh, that might be so, uh, have such problems right now that maybe they don't have an address and they don't know where they're, they're at next. But for some of these people, Bobby, it's just, I think it's a case of that we've seen with 401k contributions or with, you know, whatever, we just opt to do nothing. And, and I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize that there is relief and man, 22,000 people that could have all this money refunded to them. That's been seized from their paycheck and because they don't have an address, they don't do it. Right. And also it's important. Deferring is not the same as forgiveness. And it says later in the piece, both Miller and you said they would like to see some kind of debt cancellation provision because, you know, it's not clear at this point, based on what we know, it's not clear that they're deferring interest on the loans. And that's something that traditionally has become a real problem because people get this forbearance, but the money, it's not like the debt has gone away. It's not like you're not getting interest. And the real um, accumulation of student debt often comes after you get your degree when you're struggling to make these payments and it's just snowballing because you're not paying it and the interest is adding up. And even if you get it deferred, then you have maybe balloon payments or maybe the time of the loan is just extended so much further into your life that there are people that are paying off their student loan debt when they've got children and they're trying to move on with their life. I mean, here in our, in our audience on Facebook, we have Tiara talking about the fact that this action allowed her to have an emergency fund. Yeah. So people have not been able to fund emergency funds because they're busy paying off their student loan debt. That's not good. I'm glad. Think, I'm so glad for Tiara that she now has an emergency fund. But think about what the student loan debt is doing, even in a decent economy. Yeah. No. And, and, and by the way, congratulations to Tiara to still be saving that money because I because we often see that if we don't have this obligation hanging over our head that somebody else is demanding money from us, what do we do? We just go spend more money, right? I mean, the average person doesn't do the proactive thing, which is make your emergency fund a bill. Think of it as a bill. You're paying everybody else. Why not pay yourself? So uh, congratulations there. That's good news. 
Yeah. And we also have Jane in the audience. She's saying, I have a coworker who was going to pay off his loans in 2020. Now our company is going to pay them off in 2021. Since that pushes him into next year's up to $10,000 a year in student loans. So that's actually really good. And we talk a lot about the importance of your job and understanding your compensation may not just be your money. It also might be other benefits that companies offer. And I think that's a great thing for a company to offer to help people out in tough times. Well, and more companies, more companies getting on board with student loans loan relief. I think especially to somebody right out of college right now, Bobby, that's a really attractive benefit, isn't it? I mean, if a company says that they're going to help me pay my student loans, I'm probably listening to that. Yeah. And the question is, is what the government's doing really a good thing? I mean, I think it is a good thing in that sometimes people really can't pay this, of course. So having the option, but Ron in our audience points out government not doing borrowers any favors, giving license to have these loans their whole lives. It's really important that people understand that when you don't pay this money, unless it's a forgiveness, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. And so if you do have the money, maybe you should pay it. Yeah. And, and well, and you know, what's funny is I used to think that the student loan issue was pretty simple. You know, th- these are not responsible people getting into debt over their head for, for stupid reasons, not doing the ROI. And don't get me wrong, that is going on in some cases. However, th- the whole student loan issue is a way bigger problem than um, than I originally thought. And there's so many layers, right? College mm-hmm. being a whole different level of you have to have it in a lot of people's head than it used to be, number one. Number two is is that the cost of school, way different than when I went to college. Um, uh, then number three, you've got uh, the way that student loans are, 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 are uh, structured, the way people pay for it. It's all different than when I went to school. And so I think that the problem is, is a lot worse than that. So it, on one hand, while I agree with Ron, the government not doing borrowers any favors, on the other end, I think there's a lot of people that seriously need some relief. And if you think about this, the people most likely to lose their jobs during this downturn are people at the bottom of the pyramid, right? Of, of the work pyramid. They're going to be the first ones let go. They're the new person in the job. Let them go. They're not an essential person yet. So you're seeing a lot of people that are just out of college with a fresh degree, either can't get a job or they're let go from their job right away. It's a, it's a pretty difficult time. Or their parents, maybe their parents are helping them to pay for college and pay down their loans as a family. And that's also hard. But I also agree with something you said that's very important is why do we have these huge loans? We have these huge loans because tuition has become such a burden. I mean, I I don't know who, I mean, look, I, this is personal. Our regular listeners know, but we have a college junior at a very expensive school. And I, it's just, it's maddening how much we're paying, which by the way is now online. And we're not going to go on a tangent about that, but we're paying the same, actually we're paying more tuition this year for him to go fully online, which is like, like there are no words. Yeah, It's just, it's just horrific. It's not right. Why are tuition so high? Because families can borrow that amount of money. So it becomes this complicated, vicious cycle that tuitions go up because people will pay it because they can pay it because people feel we should make college affordable. Therefore, we give people loans that they really should never have and they shouldn't have to have. College should not have to be this expensive to create so much debt for a lifetime. It's interesting. This, this topic, I mean, this, you know, getting into the 
efficacy of of uh, the government involved in student loans might be over my pay grade, but but I but I do like something that our friend Rob Berger at Dill Roller says about this, which is when the government got involved in backing student loans, the game completely changed because higher education then said, oh. If, if Bobby doesn't pay it, then the federal government will pay it. So we can up the amount that we charge because of because of that. This whole idea of making right. college affordable had this unintended backlash that that, that, right. that, that, that was difficult. Uh, and uh, there's no accountability. Yeah. yeah. And back to the stuff that we can actually control. Mike has a great uh, point here. He says, it's a good opportunity to pay down the student loan at the moment, everything going to principal. So if if you still have a good job and you're somebody that, that knows that your job's going to be intact and your loans have been frozen right now, throw money at that principal right now. I love that, Mike. That's fantastic. But by the way, if you have any job insecurity at all. This is the time I think, Bobby, where our advice has kind of flipped, right? Now we're saying if, if, if your pay or, or excuse me, if your student loans are frozen and you aren't sure if your job's going to be around, use this like Tiara did to build that emergency fund so that you know that you have it and hit pause. Um, so it really depends on where you're at with your, with your student loans. Hey, in just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaway from today's piece, but I want to say a big thanks to everybody who's gone to nordpass.com and used our link nordpass.com forward slash MWF, because not only do you get more off, you'll get 60% off. You'll also get a 30 day money back guarantee and you can try out the password manager that I use to manage everything. So if you've never used a password manager, it interfaces right with your browser if you wanted to. I also have the password manager on my phone. Uh, I can just bring it up in any browser from any computer. I put in my one password and then from there, NordPass takes over and NordPass can create passwords wherever I go. So inst- number one, instead of having to remember 50 passwords, I only have to remember one. And the cool thing about only having one password is I don't have one password for everything. Everything that I have is a different password. And if something happens to me or something happens to my spouse, Cheryl, every single password is in one place and we know where everything is. And we've all seen that. I mean, this is horrible, but in estate planning, a lot of times people don't know where to find all the stuff. And if you have a password manager, it's all right there. And people can, if, if your, your people know, your people know uh, where to go, uh, they can then find all of your, all of your uh, passwords and how to get in. Nordpass.com forward slash MWF. And if you use our link, you'll get 60% off and a 30 day money back guarantee. Bobby, what is our takeaway from this piece? You know, Joe, the last line of the story that we did not get to, um, I think is key. So I wanted to share that with everyone. And it is Miller saying about this payment pause, quote, this is just one piece of the puzzle. And I think that's important to remember. And and we did, I think, I hope we did a good job putting it in context, but saying he goes on to say, there's still nothing for colleges, nothing for states. And without that, whatever pause we're giving borrowers now is just going to be totally swamped by tuition increases, debt increases. Um, and it merely pauses the massive problem that is both the insane cost. This is me speaking now. It merely pauses the massive problem that is both the insane cost of college and the pressure for many to go into a lifetime of debt to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think also when you use the term puzzle, this is a, a lot of the time we solve the puzzle the same way for everybody, right? This puzzle mm-hmm. doesn't solve the same way for everybody. If you have these loans that are, uh, are included, which is there's a, 
huge number of people that aren't included. But if you do, you have to decide, do you do like Mike did and put money toward principal? Or do you do like Tiara did and you put money toward your emergency fund? Like, what do I do with that money? Or am I just trying to live, which is the third option? The If, if you're not included, you and I also know, Bobby, that a lot of the loans that are out there that aren't included in this have their own provisions. And if you call your borrower, you might be able to do something with them still. So that doesn't mean that you don't have options. You still might have options. And if you call them, you can check out those too. So this is this puzzle to use your term, this puzzle, it's very individual, individual by individual. Very well said. And I agree with that. It's like with everything, it always pays to ask. So ask your loan company, whoever you have the money from, what can be done, even if it's just pausing interest and then you can pay down more principal. Bobby, we had a lot of friends help us make today's show. Where do people go if they want to help us make the next one? Follow us or actually subscribe is the proper term on YouTube. That's Money with Friends on YouTube. And make sure you set your alerts to know when we will be recording. You can also follow us on Twitter at Money Friends Pod and on Instagram. Same handle there at Money Friends Pod. And the great thing on Instagram is if you stick close to stories, we often put up polls and quizzes and you can get a shout out in the show, even if you can't catch us live, which is great. And you can also, by the way, get links to our stories on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com, where we also have uh, information about all of our thought leader co-host, our cast. We're actually getting ready to reveal in about a month, we'll be revealing our next cast, which is awesome. This is always a bittersweet time because we're having these awesome last conversations with this cast and over four appearances uh, there people are people are really getting into their wheelhouse well four recording sessions you're right eight uh eight eight appearances they're really they're really uh man we're having some really great conversations but at the same time gearing up for the next season and uh we've got some cool stuff it's yeah you can by the way we do alumni week dm us if you have certain alums that you uh former cast members that you would like to hear from um so just dm us on on either instagram or twitter and let us know who your favorites are who yeah. you want to hear from again. And you can find the full list at uh, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. All right. She's Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you back here next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.